This week we combined the snippets from the week along with my backstory on becoming a mom. Sophie wasn't feeling well, so we decided to skip our conversation and we'll move that forward to this upcoming weekend and provide that for you next time. So you're gonna have to sign up for that free trial of Oh there's a Quizlet. I will totally look at your Quizlet. Old people history. I love Quizlet. Quizlet's honestly the best way to learn. When is it? Because you have to like put in the answers and it makes you study more and more. Mm-hmm. And it won't let you go to like the games or the test or the gravity or like any of the stuff that's fun. Like there's a play section and a study section. And like matching the cards in the gravity game is all the fun stuff. But the flashcards, you what you have to get through the flashcards and get a hundred percent before you can go into the games. And basically, like it'll have you put flashcards. And can you do that any topic? Yeah, together and stuff. And it won't let you go play the games until you get a hundred percent until you're able to match everything perfectly. And you can do it over and over again if you want. You don't have to, but you can do it over and over again. It's just way more So fun. why are you looking up stuff if you were supposed to read something for social studies and then that's I thought that's where you would get the answers from. Is that not the case? I did, but some of them are like... Oh. So you can't find the answers in what you were supposed to read? Because that's where the answers are. You don't have to, like, look all over the interwebs. Well, I can, but, like... That's for like four and five and three. And so, I use I use three, four, and five. For I use the book for three, four, and five. But one okay. and two, I just have to identify and explain people. Okay. Or or like judicial review. What is that? Okay. And I'm so like, the, but that's not in the reading thing. Yeah, I'm googling like the legit definitions and then like wording them in my own. Okay. But yeah, it's just so much easier. Three main purposes of a speech. Click the card to flip. Gives me the information. Hmm. Quizlet's like precious. Like, I love Quizlet with all my heart. It's just way easier. And then you could scroll down and it'll give you all the terms without having to use the flashcards. So you can study like both ways. It's just like, Mr. Dorton used to make us use it all the time. And I was like, God bless. So am I going to have to like saw down my computer? Yeah, probably. So it's a beautiful morning in Ohio where it's pouring down rain just days after a huge snowstorm. Well, huge by some standards. You can probably hear the rain in my vehicle. It's probably a little soothing maybe, I hope. Um, I just dropped Soph off at school. We had our podcast episode last night, which was fine. and. I just had a crappy morning and I thought maybe a little vent session on 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 record seemed like the way to fix that. I don't know. Um, I thought maybe sometimes it would be nice for other people to hear that we're all dealing with the same stressors or at least we're all dealing with stressors in general. Um, maybe not the same. So this morning, as a general rule, I get myself up around 7, and I typically will have to either yell from my room or go check on her at least once, usually multiple times, 
to make sure that she is up and getting ready. And as a person that is maybe a morning person a little bit, not 100%, um, but I can get up and get ready pretty quick and get out the door. The fact that she sits in her room for a half an hour and no one knows what in the world she's doing in there is like mind-boggling to me. And I know that it's like such a little thing, but it drives me freaking bonkers. And I'm, I just don't even know what to say. So this morning, I checked on her a couple times, kept giving her warnings about times and said, you know, here's what we're expecting. You know, we're going to leave in 10 minutes. We're going to leave in five minutes, you know, whatever. And it just continued to be a problem. And so I go in her room because now she, a lot of times she also doesn't listen to us and she doesn't respond to you. So on top of the fact that she's not coming out of her room, there's also no response. So I go check her room and she's still in her pajamas. You can tell she probably just got up because she heard me coming down the hall and she's just starting to look for clothes and it's about five maybe ten minutes before we need to leave. I was pretty proud of myself because I didn't yell and I probably didn't yell because it doesn't do any good. Um, Like I said before I learned that. It, it really doesn't, so why get myself all, you know, stressed out for no reason? Because it's not going to fix anything. But I'm telling you, I, like, I can't, sometimes I cannot stop asking her what in the world she's doing in there. I can't, I don't understand. Like, I'm half, like, I'm close to tears right now, but I'm also laughing because it's so ridiculous that this happens day after day after day. So I don't know how to fix it. There's occasional blips on our radar where she gets up and she gets ready and she's sometimes even downstairs before me. That's pretty rare, but I know it's possible, which is what I think makes this even more mind boggling is that it is possible, but for some reason that's not the norm and it just, it really literally drives me insane. So that's what I've got for this morning. <sighs> okay, on to the day. You have fun at the gym? I have an earful too. No. You're gonna be an earful? Oh my gosh, are you podcasting? <laughs> I knew it because I know that look on your face. What's the look? You look up, you're doing something. <laughs> There's, stop it. <laughs> stop, that thing's never gonna dry. You're lucky you're funny. I'm not gonna dry like my anger. Yeah, your anger's pretty salty. It's pretty, you're flooded with the anger. You're not wrong, I am lucky I'm funny. Can you get the seat too? I did. Okay. <laughs> You could get a job here, you're so good at that. All right, <laughs> clean the whole thing. <laughs> all right, all right, that's enough. 
So is this your favorite piece of gym equipment here? Nope. No? Nope. back The next portion of the podcast is going to be about how I became a mom and my backstory. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of get to know me a little bit better. About me, uh, Sophie's dad and I were on again, off again for, I don't know, not not very long. Um, Honestly, it seems like such a long time ago at this point. Um, we were not really together when I found out I was pregnant. Um, I'm pretty sure, you know, in full disclosure that we weren't really together when I got pregnant either. Um, not really going to go into detail on, on that aspect of it, but we weren't a couple, uh, at the time. So needless to say, when I got pregnant and realized, you know, three months into my pregnancy that, um, that I was going to have a baby. Um, I was scared. I was confused. I, you know, didn't want to be tied down to somebody that I was not with, um, and didn't want to be with. Um, so, you know, it was just a really hard time for me. It was pretty depressing. It was, you know, trying to think of really the best ways to sort of describe it. I was in a really low place. I can remember going to a friend of mine's house and sitting with him and telling him how I just couldn't even envision being um, connected to her dad for the rest of my life. Um, Fortunately, things are better now um, than I expected that they would be. But, you know, there's still struggles and there's still things that we have to deal with because there's, there's reasons that you're not with people. You, you would be with them if, if they were the right person for you. So anyway, back to, you know, the time frame where I found out that I was pregnant. I, at the time, lived on my own. And so I'm, you know, I'm a pregnant girl. I'm 24 years old. I've got an okay job not necessarily a best job for, you know, having a baby on your own, but it's got health insurance. And so I I feel like I'm, I'm well taken care of. And even though I'm panicked and I certainly went through a world of emotions, um, back and forth between, you know, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? At, At some point I decided that I was 24 years old and I had a reasonably good job with insurance and, and it was my duty to take care of my baby. And so that's what I decided and saying, and a lot, sorry, I'm going to try and stop doing that. Moving forward, I lived in many places. Uh, during that time frame. I once calculated that I had moved nine times in a matter of two years. Uh, and during that nine times I was pregnant a lot of that time. I lived in my sister's basement. I lived in, uh, a house with no heat. Uh, my mom was not thrilled when she found that out and took care of my heating bill because she's awesome. And, but I was embarrassed and I didn't want to tell her. So I just 
continued on with the way that I like to be is very independent and not letting people know that I need help sometimes. So it was just me and my dog. <laughs> uh, he was really the only thing I had at the time and he was the best. And I could probably, at some point, if I have to tell a story about my dog, I'll probably cry. He has since passed away and it was a traumatic experience. So I can still well up when I even think about him, which is, I don't know if it's sad or nice or what it is, but in any case, I eventually moved into my sister's basement, uh, up until the point where I had the baby. Uh, there was a point that I got really, really ridiculously sick, uh, and I had to go to the hospital. Sophie's dad did go there with me. We talked off and on during the pregnancy. Sometimes I would hang out with them. Sometimes I wouldn't. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, but I kept feeling like I needed to talk to him or I needed to kind of figure things out in that regard. So I just, you know, kept having that communication and, you know, I don't regret that, but it, it was just really strange for me and, um, not really all that healthy, to be honest. It was, it was hard because we, I wasn't the nicest person um, to him and he wasn't the nicest person to me and it just really wasn't a good situation for either one of us I don't think so we went to the hospital I got some fluids you know that was it was everything was fine I was able to go back to just being pregnant and miserable sleeping on my bed that had fallen apart and was at an angle and and I didn't care anymore <laughs> so here I am in my sister's basement with my bed at an angle uh, I slept in a chair a lot of the time because it was so uncomfortable and I didn't want to fix my bed and it was just you know that's a little depressing you'd think you'd be in a better spot <laughs> at at 24 you think maybe you could be a little farther along in your life so I then had the baby uh, you know went to the hospital and had the baby uh, he was there uh, that was also a time of great turmoil and I made horrible choices and I treated people like crap uh, I was way overdue or at least I remember being I feeling like I was way overdue I, I think I was really only just a few days overdue and I the nurse had told me that they wouldn't do anything or induce me unless there was like a medical reason that they had to, uh, at least for that time frame. So I made sure to get my blood pressure up for <laughs> before they checked it. I waved my arms around and was just moving around as fast as I could. And they checked my blood pressure and the doctor said, oh, you know, I think we'll wait another week and see where you're at. And then he looked at the blood pressure and he said, you know what, maybe we'll just keep you and induce you. And I was so excited. Little did I know it was going to be like two more days before I had the baby. Um, so that was really fun. At some point, I do remember uh, a nurse offering me an ice cream cone or an ice cream sundae or something like that. And I had to tell her that I was not allowed to eat because of um, being induced and she went back out and looked at my chart and she goes oh right yeah you're not supposed to be eating and I'm, I said well okay thank you meanwhile all I wanted was a stupid ice cream sundae sounded delicious 
anyway, so after I had Soph, uh, I went home with her dad, uh, much to the chagrin of lots of members of my family. Like I said, this was not a good time for me. Uh, we spent a lot of time arguing with each other whenever, but I, I just, something inside me said that I had to try to make it work because it was her dad. Um, despite the fact that I was really not positive that anything would come from it. We went home. I'll be honest, it was fine. It was fine for several months because we, we both kind of went our own way. We were in a very small house. Uh, so it was even kind of hard to do that. But he went to work during the day. I stayed home with her. And we kind of had a schedule that was okay. So I would stay up till a certain time with her. And he would switch off and he would get up with her or vice versa, whatever it was. And, and it was fine. Then about seven months in, things started to become a little more like the relationship had been in the past. And that was, there was a lot of anger. Uh, he was an angry individual. I was an angry person. It did not work at all. I started to finally realize that I just wasn't the person that I wanted to be when I was with him. And I didn't want my child around that kind of an environment. So I decided that I needed to go home. And I called my mom and I told her I needed to come home. And unfortunately, around that time, my, my grandfather had just passed away. So it was my mom's dad and he had passed away. And so emotions were high. But I needed to come home and... She said it was okay that I come home. And on my way to leave, there was, again, I won't go into heavy detail, but it was a lot of anger. Like, it seemed fine at first, but on the day I needed to leave, it wasn't great. It wasn't great at all. It was, it was just another reason why it made sense to go. So I packed up my stuff, and I'm heading out, and I'm, I had to leave my dog, which was horrible and I, I couldn't fathom doing it but my mom and you know people at my mom's house were allergic so I couldn't take him with me and I I trusted that Sophie's dad would be okay with the dog and would take care of him until I could get out and find my own place and and that did go okay for a while uh, tensions continued to be high I lived at my mom's for about four months and I was able to then move out into my grandmother's old house. My grandma had also passed away within a similar time frame in that same month that I moved out. It was just a few weeks later after I moved back in with my mom. And I was able to move into my grandma's house. And at that point, uh, I think actually a little bit before that, I went and got the dog back. And that also... Um, created a fight and that wasn't fun and I will say that that was probably the moment that was just a couple months before I moved out onto into my grandma's house that was the moment I finally decided and said to myself that I wasn't going to be with him anymore ever that was it that was the last time I I just knew 
You know, you think you know a hundred other times and you keep going back and you, you're miserable and, and you know why, but for some reason you, you want the attention or you just are lonely or whatever it is that, that takes you back to the person that, you know, isn't good for you. That was the day. It was a bad day. It was a very miserable day. Uh, there was anger, there was fighting, there was all sorts of things that I will never, ever, ever let myself experience again. It helped me realize what what I need and what I want and what I'm willing to take. So that was the moment where I decided that. And I left and Sophie was in the car and I got the dog in the car and I drove home bawling my eyes out with the dog but it was a new day and it was a good day despite the fact that it had been a very bad day and a scary day and and it was just it was both it was both really good and really bad at the same time so from that moment on I was a single mom so Sophie was seven months old and I was alone or single momming it if you will until she was, uh, she was, let's see, like I'm thinking in my head, you can see me like calculating in my mind how old she must have been. It was 2009. She had turned four when I met my now husband. So Scott's been Sophie's stepdad since she was, you know, like about four and a half or so. And, um, you know, it doesn't seem like a long time to probably somebody that has been a single mom their whole lives or any portion of time that's longer than that. But, but it was tough. I didn't make a lot of money. I used WIC. Uh, I wasn't eligible for anything else. I wasn't eligible for food stamps or daycare help or any other help besides WIC because I made too much money. But let me tell you that too much money, it doesn't mean you have enough money, not even a little bit. So, you know, it was, it was just a struggle. And I think I appreciate a lot of things in life more now because I don't have to struggle as much. And, and, and I'm learning, you know, how to appreciate others' struggles too because it is just, life is hard. And, you know, money doesn't fix things, but sometimes it does make it a lot easier. And when you're raising a baby and you're on your own and you're struggling for money and everything is hard, it's just that everything is hard. So now when we're at an age where it's like, okay, I made it through all of that. So for that whole story and, and you know, and I'll tell more as time goes on, because as far as I'm concerned, I'm an open book. I, I don't care what people know about me. I'm, I'm not afraid to, to share my experiences, but you know, now we're here at 13 years old. And, you know, like I said, in the first podcast, when Sophie turned 11 is really when things started kind of getting out of hand and getting, getting to a place where I never thought I would be with her just because, you know, I, I just thought I did a better job raising her, to be honest. And I think a lot of us, I'm probably going to cry. So just be prepared for that. <laughs> well, I think everybody thinks that, you know, I, Hey, I did a good job. I, you know, I tried really hard and I was there and I struggled and I, you know, I feel like I did the right things, but it, it's just still hard and, and you can't always protect yourself or your child from everything. And you can think that you did 
everything right and and you can still feel like a complete screw up at the exact same time and that's where I've been a lot lately I feel like a screw up I feel like I did something wrong I feel like all those chances I had to make choices maybe I maybe I made the wrong one at some point maybe maybe something I said or did took us on a different path and and what I know deep in my heart is that's not true sure I could have done things different sure I could have been different or changed some things but in the end I'm not a bad mom I feel like one I really do but I'm not most of us are trying as hard as we possibly can try and and that's why I wanted to do a podcast. I wanted other people to know that you can be vulnerable. It's okay. We don't have to pretend that everything is okay all the time. Sure, if you went to my Facebook page, it's pretty rare that I'm going to post a picture of our most miserable moments. I'm certainly not going to grab my phone during, you know, a, a heated conversation or a emotional moment, snap a picture and be like, hey, today really sucked. <laughs> join me in looking at this picture, you know, everybody shares things. And again, I feel like I sound like an old, old lady when I say things like this, but everybody shares the best of the best, or, you know, for the most part, that's what people are sharing. And, and I think it's kind of created the environment where we feel like, oh, you know, that person's life looks so nice and looks so amazing, but nobody even takes the time to think about what's going on behind closed doors. And I know I'm kind of running all over the place right now, but it just made me think about a friend of mine that I had in in middle school and high school who we didn't keep in contact really once high school was over, but I you know, I saw her on social media and I had friends of friends with her and and I was supporting her from afar as as most of us do with with people especially from high school. You know, you don't always keep in touch with with those folks or at least, you know, not most of them. And so I was just sort of cheering her on from afar and she lived in a different state, you know, but I really just she was somebody I cared about and I really liked and I really thought was a, just a really wonderful person and her life looked good. It looked like she was just really doing awesome things like she drove race cars and she had two kids and i mean just from from afar her life looked delightful it looked really really nice and a couple years ago you know out of the blue to me anyway from you know when you're viewing things from afar um there was there was some posts on social media that you know, kind of got me a little worried about her. And I checked in with another friend of mine that was, you know, a mutual friend of ours, only to find out that she had, um, she had shot herself. And, and I'm trying not to cry because (laughs) as much as I want to be vulnerable, it's hard to hear somebody talk when they're crying. (laughs) Um, but it just is proving the point that people pretend that they're okay when they're not okay. And and that's not okay. <laughs> it, 
it just isn't. Check in with your friends, you know, make sure, make sure they really are okay. And don't hold yourself to the standard that, that makes it look like everyone's life is perfect because I bet you nobody's life is perfect. I'd be willing to, to place bets on that. No one's life is perfect. Everybody has something. Even if it seems like a minimal thing to you in their life, it might be a big thing to them. So in in thinking about our podcast and in following us on this path and this journey of sort of just trying to be honest about life and honest about who we are and who other people are and being in tune, um, I'm big on this and the kids probably hate me a little bit for it, I'm not going to lie. I'm big on being in tune with your own feelings and, and who you are. Be in tune with who you are. I'm ridiculously type A. I like to think that that's the best type of personality to have. And maybe it is and maybe it isn't. It is. No, I'm just kidding. But I know that there's a lot of people that don't deal well with me being so type A. So I try and tone it down if and when I can. It's not always possible. But but I do try to adapt my personality to to ease that on others. And like I said, it's it's hard because it's ingrained in who I am. Like I just feel like it's who I am. But you can adapt and you can reflect and you can think about a situation and think, all right, what did I do in this situation? And maybe the answer is nothing. Or maybe the answer is something. Maybe you did do something. Maybe there's a way you can change how you reacted to something. And, you know, you can spend a little bit of time thinking about ways that you can be more in tune with who you are and and being comfortable with who you are. I, I know a lot of really great ladies uh, that I that I do watch on Facebook and I do try to surround myself with people that are truth tellers or truth seekers and and are comfortable with themselves and and don't spend time comparing themselves to others and want to lift other women up and not bring them down. Uh, this is for guys too. I know you guys can, you know, duke it out in a parking lot somewhere and then all of a sudden, you know, the next day you're, you're having lunch at Chipotle. And that's awesome for, for men that, that they can really let things go so easily. I can't. I can't do it. I can do it better than I used to be able to because I understand myself a little bit better and what's important in life and what's not. But it's really hard. So please, you know, surround yourself with good people. And, you know, like I said, I know that this particular podcast kind of went maybe all over the place, but I just want you to understand who I am and why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm I'm not really looking for attention. I just, I'm okay with sharing and, and I'm okay with being honest about things that have happened to me and the way that I've made mistakes and the things that I've chosen to do in my life. And, and I hope that just by sharing that and maybe crying and acting like an idiot on a podcast would help somebody else. So that's my story. There'll be more, uh, as we go forward. And I, I just want you all to feel like you can share with me. I'm going to put my email address 
in the notes section of this particular episode. So if you aren't comfortable leaving like a voice memo, you could email me a question and I would be happy to address it on the podcast or even talk about a particular topic. I like to think I'm kind of funny at times. Um, We'll see if you guys think so down the road. But just tell me about a a scenario that you want to talk about and you can be anonymous. Uh, I don't need to bring up names. I'm, I'm trying very hard other than like my immediate family, not to really bring up people's names or not their real names anyway, because it's important if, if you're not comfortable, um, with sharing in, in that way, you don't have to. So please do that. Please look for the email or leave a voice memo on, on the anchor podcast app. And I would be happy to, address your question, situation, whatever, or even just kind of talk about a similar situation that I've had to to yours. And you can also uh, call into the podcast. So if you feel like that's something that you might want to do, we can actually record together and have a conversation. I would love to do that. So please don't be shy. I can edit things out too um, after the fact. So if there's things that, you know, we conversated about and then we decide later we don't want to put those in the podcast, we can do that. So please email me if you feel like something like that would be of interest to you. I would love to hear from you. Thanks.